0: Power and Responsibility, the Data Center Podcast is brought to you by Echelon Data Centers.
1: Hello, this is the Echelon Data Centers Podcast, Power and Responsibility, the Data Centers Podcast. I'm Jeremy Probert, and with me today on the journey is my colleague, Craig McKechnie. Hi, Craig. Hi, Jeremy. Now, data centers, uh, essential infrastructure. If we want to have mobile phones, if we want to have e commerce, if we want to have the internet, If we want to have Netflix, if we want to have artificial intelligence, if we want to have the Internet of Things, then we need data centers. The Dataverse, which is the amount of data that's created each year, is expected to expand to 175 zettabytes by 2025. Now give you an idea: 175 zettabytes of data is enough data for every man, woman, and child on the planet to take five selfies an hour. Now, all that data. It's got to go somewhere. It's got to be managed, processed, stored, organized somewhere. And that somewhere is data center infrastructure.
2: Ah, but Jeremy, data centers are also power hungry beasts that want to starve us all of enough energy to even boil a kettle. They don't care if their insatiable demand for energy turns off all the lights across Ireland or plunge us back into the dark ages, save of course for a few Wi-Fi enabled devices. Data centres contribute massively to carbon emissions. They waste enormous amounts of heat. They don't create any real jobs. They don't contribute to the economy. Generally, they're a leech on the breast of Mother Ireland and they will abandon us once they have sucked us dry. At least that's how the narrative goes sometimes, and it's also what we're going to tackle during this podcast. We're going to separate fact from fiction and bust a few myths about data centres and what they actually do and don't do, and just how responsible and sustainable they are.
1: So joining us on the podcast are David McCauley, founder and CEO of Bitpower.ie, Ireland's leading authority on the power and sustainability aspects of our digital world. Uh, and Dalian Gaynor, Chief Marketing Officer of Echelon Data Centres. Welcome, gentlemen.
0: Thank you, guys. Pleasure to be here.
1: Thank you, Jeremy. Craig, pleasure to be here also. Let's, let's just jump into it. Craig's covered a number of the commonly held misconceptions about the data centre industry. So let's start with a biggie. Data centres are taking everyone else's power.
3: Now, David, what would you say to that? Thank you, Jeremy. Power is, is a big thing, really, when it comes to data centers. They're, they're big computers. They replace all our computers that we would have had in our offices. And indeed, the power demand from data centers is certainly an issue that's come up um, as a challenge for the grid, particularly in terms of connectivity of that power, the infrastructure to d- deliver that power. So we're seeing data centers building substations to get that power onto site. You know, it's no secret that the amount of power used by data centers is, you know, it's probably 10, 11% of our total annual grid power usage. The question, I suppose, is will the, can that growth be sustained? We are seeing a lot of renewable power, and we I, th- I think we'll touch on renewable power in a while, but we're seeing a lot of renewable power. And data centers ultimately are big customers for renewable power. So maybe there's a solution in the longer term. Um, I think we have some medium-term challenges around power. In Ireland in particular, but it's no different than Amsterdam or Frankfurt or any other city which has data centres in it. So power is a challenge. Every discussion I have in the past few months has been about power, but I'd be optimistic that there are some interesting solutions.
2: David, when it comes to potential power shortages, is this an issue because we're not generating enough power? We can't get people to generate enough power? Is it uh, a lack of investment in the grid for example, there was uh, an article uh, recently in the Irish Times which said that big power plants at Huntstown in County Dublin and Whitegate, County Cork, are going to be closed for repairs that will be that will take months to complete. But you reckon that data centres can be part of the solution?
3: Yeah, I, do, I don't think we're going to see blackouts due to data centres. I think the power challenge is more of a hypothetical. When when the grid connects a new data centre, they're kind of building the infrastructure for that data center. A lot of the talk now is about future data centers and can we provide the capacity. AirGrid are very good at insisting that they maintain stability and resilience in their network and they're internationally recognized as as leaders in that space. So I don't think we're gonna have blackouts for power, but I think in order to accommodate future data centers, there may be challenges. Like today, Ireland's grid delivers I think in twenty twenty forty three percent of our electricity came from wind. The challenge with wind is it it doesn't blow all the time, so you've kind of got to balance up how the grid will manage to deliver power to all demands when it's not windy. Um, and the grid is heading for seventy percent renewable electricity by twenty thirty. So that challenge is always increasing. But again, I would state that air grid are pretty good at maintaining a stable system.
1: Damien. Uh, data centres, part of the solution or part of the problem?
0: Well, that's a double-edged sword, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, going forward, if demand outstrips what's available, yeah, it's an issue. However, I think we're we're seeing a, a build-up of of some issues here. So, over the 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 medium term, I don't think there has necessarily been uh, enough investment in transmission on the grid and I think AirGrid would be willing to state that. Again, that doesn't necessarily come directly from AirGrid. Certainly data centers can be part of the solution. I know at Echelon we're we're looking at building our own energy centers which will be used to help dispatch power to the grid through peaking, et cetera, to, to help become part of the solution. And also they create the demand for the renewable energy that David spoke about. So that target for 2030 of 70% renewables. If you didn't have data centers there, a lot of those projects wouldn't necessarily get off the ground because there wouldn't be an offtaker. If it was just down to the public to pay for it, uh, the price of electricity would probably be higher. So look, it's not probably fair to say that data centers are taking everyone else's power. It's a democratic process. All all power users um, follow the same kind of process to go in and plan and they build infrastructure. We we build substations and hand them over to the grid. The issue isn't necessarily the substations. It's about the transmission between the substations and uh, being able to link up to the renewable power that's being generated throughout the country. So, yeah, bit of both. There is an issue to be looked at, but we can be part of the solution.
2: Dave, when we're talking about availability of power, and obviously there can be issues over transmission in the grid, do we think that there is, in the short, medium and long term, going to be enough power to go around?
3: Yes, I think, I think we do. I think my point earlier was that Airgrid won't commit power to anybody if they don't think that it can be delivered. So my concerns wouldn't be around power availability. It's back to the the growth thing. Can we sustain the growth? I mean, we have quite ambitious trajectory towards a lot of offshore wind, for instance. Do we export that wind power or do we take it onshore and use it here in Ireland? Um, do we add value? Do we use the data? You know, if we look at a data center, the, the value add, I think the data industry is like a 60, 70 billion euro industry that's money working through the coffers every year it's a lot bigger than the energy industry which is maybe six billion total for the whole energy industry so you know it's a question of taking that power and, and actually adding value to it it was stated this week that it's you know data is like gold or, or diamonds you know and why wouldn't you try and make the most of it
2: okay moving on our next poser for you is uh, data centers are not contributing to improving the grid Damien, do you have any thoughts on
0: this one? Yes, that, that's that's a very simple answer. It's a fiction. So for most data centers of scale, and certainly the ones that we're involved with in Echelon, there is a requirement to build um, a substation, uh, usually 110 kV or 220 depending on the size. That's a significant investment on behalf of the data center developer. Uh, You're looking at tens of millions. And what happens once that is built and comes online, it is handed over lock stock to the grid and they manage it. So there's an investment on behalf of all of the data centers in in that power, but that's handed directly over. Plus uh, then going forward, data centers uh, obviously pay for all their power. They pay their MIC, which uh, goes towards the upkeep of the, uh, the transmission system. Uh, so they're paying their way. They're paying for their carbon. They pay for all of this. So that's it's a myth to say that they're not playing their part in that. Is there more that we can do? Yes, there is. And, and that's something that we're actually, I think the whole industry is actually committed to doing more. And uh, we are doing things, but we would like to do more. And we're trying to invest in that.
2: So we're looking at a situation where data centre operators are building grid infrastructure and handing it over to AirGrid. Do we have any idea uh, about how much, what sort of value in grid infrastructure this has happened over the last however many years? David, do you know anything about this?
3: Yeah, the data industry has built about 700-800 megawatts of data centre capacity in Dublin in the past decade. There's probably four or five hundred million euros worth of grid infrastructure built to support that paid for by the data industry. Um, and the projection for the next five or six years would be a similar number again. Um so you'd be eight hundred million spent on grid infrastructure. And to put that in context, I think Airgrid, the grid developers budget for, for upgrades in the next few years is two billion. Um, and half of that is for the interconnector to France. So they're spending a billion, but the data industry are spending half a billion. So one industry spending almost as much or almost half as much as the, the, the grid operator in terms of the whole country. So I kind of look at it as the data industry are helping us build a new grid. They're helping us build, they're building modern, world class level gas insulated switchgear substations that will provide the power infrastructure and in particularly around Dublin for the next 20 years possibly, or more. I mean, some of these investments are, are 40, 50 years. I suppose the grid have to provide the support to deliver power to those substations, but it's still a huge amount of investment by the data industry.
1: That certainly sticks the knife <clears throat> into that particular uh, yes. thing, because I think there is a belief that data centers is sitting there like spiders in the middle of their own little web feeding on the stuff that's coming along. Another myth there is that the one of renewables, which is... Data centers are not investing in the grid, uh, but as more renewables come online, it'll be the data centers that will be sucking all about power. Um, so, again, fact or fiction?
0: Okay. So, in in terms of the renewables, if you look, um, uh, Microsoft uh, a year and a half ago announced that they were going to be spending a billion over the next period of years uh, on renewable energy. There's lots and lots of investment in trying to make uh, data centres work more efficiently, and they are. Uh, You're looking at low PUEs below 1.1. That's a a power usage efficiency, which means that they're getting very, very efficient at at processing data and uh, working, so the cooling works. There's investment into biogas in terms of, bringing uh, renewable gas online that we can use in in the industry if you look at echelon again we're for example um, co-locating down in Arklow with sse renewables um that's going to be a 220kv substation with a significant investment to put it in there and it's co-locating right next to the the arcla wind bank so up to 850 megawatts eventually will be coming from offshore um, and the point of consumption is going to be next to the point of generation so i think great strides are being made there there are obviously in the nordics and there's talk now um, about the iberian peninsula where people are looking at more solar it's one of those things we're all trying to bring more renewables online, and we're all trying to power all of the data centres renewably. But again, part of the issue is, frankly, the case for actually putting these renewable sites in place is is the investment case is based on having a, you know a steady. Offtake for that power and twenty four seven demand is is what data centers bring. So um, it, it it really helps make the business case. And a lot of these wind farms or solar farms wouldn't necessarily get off the ground without having people to take that energy back. I think, and David's probably better place to, to to comment. But in terms of the amount of of people selling energy into the 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 grid um there's been a slowdown in the amount of that th- that's there so we need people actually creating this market for the renewable energy that's going to be uh used in in Ireland in the next 10 20 30 40 50 years
3: david yeah i think we have an abundance of renewable energy potential you know and in total and if we look at offshore wind there's like 30 gigawatt potential there's certainly projects for five, six, seven, eight megawatts of that to be built offshore in the in the medium term. Data center energy use at about three terawatt hours is about ten percent of our total electricity use. Um if half of that total electricity use comes from renewables is about fifteen terawatt hours. Data centers are using maybe twenty percent. If if they were just using renewable power, they would be using about twenty percent. Renewable energy is growing faster than data centres, or at least on a par. So, you you won't have a situation where data centres are taking all the renewable energy. They can't. They don't have enough capacity to to absorb all the renewable energy that we can that we are generating, and certainly that we can generate going forward.
2: Okay, that's another one that I think uh, is probably being punctured there. And um, if anything, data centres are facilitating renewables, the development of renewables and bringing them online into the grid. Uh, moving on to the next one we have. Uh, factor fiction. Data centres don't create jobs. Dave, what do you have to say about this?
3: Jobs. Well, look, I get up every day and I work solely on, on data centre projects So, and I've created my own job. So data centres give me a job, so I'm maybe slightly biased in that regard. Um, data centres themselves... I mean, by definition, it's it's for data. It's not, a centre isn't where you put people, you put data. And, and actually, you don't want people in the centre because they can touch buttons and tweak things around. You don't want people in it. It's like you don't open the back of your laptop very often because there's a case around it. You don't want to get in there. You'll break something. The jobs exist in construction. So there's thousands of people involved in construction of data centres. Every day in Ireland, people go and work on constructing data centres. But then, of course, the bigger picture is the spin-off. The ICT industry, I think I see in a figure, it it employs about 100,000 people. I mean, what's our our workforce in Ireland? 2.3 million workforce, something like that. So one in 23. So we've got a huge number of jobs, and they're high-paid jobs. I did read somewhere that... The average salary in Facebook was something like 158,000 euros or something, you know. So these are top jobs, and there's a lot of them. They're not in the data centers. But if you won't plug all the data centers, I think we'll start to lose those jobs. They're connected directly. The tech companies like to be near their data. It might seem strange, but they do like to be near it, and that's where they bring their people. And that's why we have 100,000 people going to work every day working on ICT. And then I suppose the final piece I'd say there is every business is now using the cloud as part of their operation. And a lot of their jobs are dependent on being able to connect to that cloud and not being an efficient way to operate business. So you've kind of got, as as Damien said about it two a double-edged sword earlier on. In some way, you're trying to make things more efficient in terms of how business operates. But then you've also got all these jobs serving Serving the IT industry worldwide, coming out of Ireland, I think that's busted. That one,
2: Damien. You, you uh, Echelon is a data center uh, provider, data center developer. What can you tell me about Echelon and uh, the jobs that are being created in the projects you work on?
0: Okay, so uh, I concur with David uh, wholeheartedly there. Um, in in terms of a large scale data center, you're going to create maybe. 250 at a stretch with a really big site, 300 full-time jobs. But you're going to create uh, an awful lot more jobs in terms of um, the amount of people who are constructing um, data centers. You've also got to remember that when you're constructing a data center, you're you you're bringing in fans and, and AHUs, cooling, uh, mechanical and electrical equipment, uh, lots of consultants designers architects um and if you look throughout Europe of the big m and e firms, most of them are irish, so what it's done is upskilled our uh, engineering and stem capabilities in the country and, and we're now second to none uh, worldwide from the mechanical and electrical side of things from the design elements and you look as well at all of the tech companies that have brought their European and and uh, you know headquarters for Europe here uh, pretty much all of the big guys are there as, as David mentioned, the big tech companies like to bring their, their offices very close to to the data centers. And there are also things like, you know, the other underlying infrastructure pieces uh, uh, that are affected by this in terms of building out substations, putting in fiber. All of these provide ancillary jobs around this. Plus what we're starting to see, and, and there is one point that uh, the, the cloud Cloud penetration for, for for smaller businesses is actually only at about 5 or 6%. There's a huge level of growth to come here. Uh, and then if you take in, in from a, a personal level, I mean, I know me, my family, my kids using laptops. Given the last year of COVID, uh, everyone using more data. Uh, it, it's a big driver in, in kind of demand. And it would be interesting to see what people would actually think if they were told, well, Yeah, we don't like data centers, so you need to turn off your phone and your laptop and your TV for four hours a day because um, it's inconvenient for for you to be using data. People wouldn't stand for it. So, you know, uh, it's one of those things. There are lots of jobs and lots of ancillary benefits that we see out of this, both in the jobs market and in technology and in the way we live our lives.
1: Obviously, another myth, data centres are drivers of employment across the piece, directly and indirectly. The other myth, however, which we should touch on, and probably just briefly, but is the bigger picture, which is data centres don't add any economic value. As a particularly in the case of Ireland, where uh, we have this pushback against the Irish data centre sector, despite the fact the government came out in 2018, wanted to be I wanted Ireland to be a tech hub, but there is this argument that data centers do not deliver any value beyond the jobs piece. What would you say to that? And, David, I'm going to ask you.
3: The idea that multinationals come here in the first place, they want to be part of a, a modern, uh, world-class ecosystem. And by having a mature data industry here, which we do have, and we have you know, the the Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebooks here, that proves that we're a a good place in which to do business and that we have the future technologies. All these corporates, I do some work with pharmaceutical companies, they're talking about digitalizing a lot of their process, a lot of their management, all of the big pharmaceuticals are here. They will tag on to the data industry here as well as they start to move towards kind of industry 4.0. it, it's kind of like having the modern infrastructure. So data and data center has been seen as the infrastructure that enables business to happen by multinational companies and the clean kind of tech companies that we like to see and um, that are becoming more and more digital. And um, so I think uh, just on the very simple basic terms, the data industry helps us attract and continue to attract those types of companies here. And Damian, These
1: types of companies are your customers. So clearly, you've got a view on data centers bringing foreign investment and global corporate presence here as well.
0: Yeah. Again, there is possibly an argument that some people could make that they just don't like large global companies. But from the point of view of investment foreign direct investment is very important in in a small open economy that ireland is if you also look at then in terms of the 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 investment into infrastructure that we will all benefit from uh, longer term in terms of the grid, in terms of uh, fibre networks, in terms of extending the reach of fibre throughout the country for all users, whether they be corporate or otherwise, there's a benefit there. In terms of the physical infrastructure, if you look at the amount of of cash that's been spent to build a big data centre, you're looking at possibly uh, in a large one, 600 million and then... The multinational will will put in about double that to actually fit it out. There are all the jobs for the people who are actually doing the fit out, running the businesses uh, on the back of it. So there's a huge amount of investment in this that, look, frankly speaking, Ireland has done very, very well at attracting these multinationals and being part of this digital transformation. There are loads of other countries who are looking at Ireland with envious eyes saying, well, we'd like some of that and are rolling out the red carpet. Uh, Again, you've got to look at our our power prices aren't the cheapest in Europe. So, you know, all of this contributes to your tax dollars at the end of it or your tax euros that are going back in and and, uh, allowing the government to to spend more money on on infrastructure. So, yeah, I, I think going forward, it's something we should continue and we need to do it carefully, but we should continue to invest to to give us a good balance in, in the country of all of these ICT jobs and all of the infrastructure that allows other things to happen and, and push for more renewables and, and um, push for a, a greener data economy. So, yeah, I, I think there's lots of investment there and it's all very much worthwhile.
2: I suppose what we're saying here is that, yes, data centres do contribute. They contribute... Through their place in the tech ecosystem and how that attracts business to Ireland to contribute uh, in their own supply chain through, well, as we said beforehand, the jobs, but also that expertise amongst Irish companies as an export and then um, building data centers around Europe. So, um, I, I think that's probably another one that we punctured there, guys. Um, so we'll move quickly on then, which is, well, look, should it be Irish data centres for Irish people? That's the burning question in the next one, uh, which is data centres serve the rest of the world, not Ireland, and we don't need them here. David, would you like to kick us off with that one, please?
3: Very interesting concept, the idea that, you know, is, is the data flowing through Ireland's data centres serving anybody in Ireland? It's is, is 5% of the data serving you, your Netflix and your 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 Zoom calls, et cetera, and the rest going to Europe. I suppose Ireland's position between the US and Europe gives us a very unique position from which to export that data into Europe from the US. Most of the tech companies that we're seeing here are US-based. There's a few Asians, but mostly it's US companies. And yes, a lot of that data is going to Europe, but is it not better that it stops on its way here um, and we get a, a slice of it, you know, and we have with the European regulations around GDPR, that was a huge boost to Irish uh, data industry because it meant that stuff could land here, could be treated as as an Irish jurisdiction. It's part of Europe. Brexit has obviously thrown a spanner in that work a little bit, um, but we'll, we'll see where that goes. But yes, a lot of the data does flow through Ireland on its way to Europe, and, and that's partly what we're doing can we do it here more efficiently can we get the renewables on to power it and can we get the jobs and the economic benefits from it on its way through and i think i think we can
2: it almost sounds like a a latter-day shannon stopover really with the (laughs) data coming into ireland on its way to europe you pick up duty free with your data as it comes through ireland
1: let's also bear in mind as well that there is something about information is power right Absolutely. And what is data but information? Yeah. And it's coming through our country. Now quite clearly we don't necessarily have access to the data, but it's here. It's valuable. It's a valuable resource. And it it improves the reputation of Ireland and it adds value to the country. No doubt about that.
2: There's possibly an element of trust there, really, when you're talking about that that Ireland's yep. trusted as a safe place as a responsible country, uh, ideally placed geographically in terms of political environment. Uh, Obviously, the climate superb as well for data centres. So all these things come together to make Ireland a very good option for companies when they're looking for somewhere to store and process their data. Damien, would you agree with that?
0: Yes, I would. Again, if we look at the European landscape, it, it there is a slight myth in in terms of so there's a concept called Flap D that David is well aware of and that's Frankfurt, London, Amsterdam, Paris and Dublin as the main hubs for data in Europe Uh, and then there's a second tier market um, with other cities like Milan, Madrid uh, and so on coming online. So all of Europe is processing data and, and it will continue to grow but there's another concept called data gravity And where you process this data, eventually there becomes so much of it that it's very difficult to export it elsewhere. And that means that you you have security of your industry going forward. Um, And, uh, you know, it allows you to add on other ancillary um, industries on it so that the likes of AI uh, will will come on and, and processing some of the data for... I suppose, electric cars as, as another one that's coming down the, the pike at us quite quickly. So this stuff is, is kind of the future economy of the world is becoming more uh, digitalized. And the fundamental question is, do you want to be part of it or not? And, you know, I'm sure there are some people who say, no, I, we prefer when we didn't have mobile phones. And do people spend too much time, you know, watching TV or on screens? Again, I, I, I think, you know, you can have your opinion on that. I, I know I'd prefer to have the option and, uh, you know, allow allow people to make a mature decision that, yeah, this industry is worthwhile and um, it's going to happen elsewhere. So it's that kind of nimbyism uh, as well, kind of uh, not in my backyard. Well, you know, th- this is something that's going on, not just in Ireland, not just in London. It's throughout europe throughout the world actually and you know we need to do our bit but you know do it the right way
2: does that mean that you would allow your own kids to decide whether or not they're spending too much time on screens watching netflix or what have you is it this the kind of democracy of decision that we're looking at here
0: when my kids are 18 they'll get to make that decision <laughs> uh no look i think you know i know you're joking but it's one of those, I think, you know, we can all be mature about it. And, um, you know, if people take responsibility for how they act and and how we all use the the tools that we have. Yeah, uh, all tools are good. It's just how you use them.
1: I'm going to change it up uh, a gear slightly here because we're we're almost getting into the the realms of philosophy and metaphysics here, um, which is not really what it's about. Uh, So here's another myth data centers massively energy inefficient now th- th- this this might actually have some truth in it however i would i can't believe that the data center operators knowing them as i do would allow that situation to continue david give us your thoughts
3: yeah this is this is one close to my heart because i've a strong background in in energy efficiency and When I started looking at data centers first, the first data center I was ever in was a, a, it was part of an insurance company. The building is now gone. It was in Dublin city center. And they called me up and said, we, you know, it was this time of year, it was June. And the lady said, like, next month, the temperature is going to go up. And last year we had to buy a new, a new split cooling unit for the server room in the office that deals with the insurance claims. So we're going to buy a new thing again this year and it's going to cost me 40,000 euros. And we went in and had a quick look around and all the servers were sat on top of each other the heat was coming out of one and going into the other and they were blasting cooling everywhere. And the solution was just turn a few of the servers around and put a few even curtains up between the different ones and create this hot and cold oil setup. And she went off and said we'll we'll try that and they did it and come back said we, we didn't have to spend 40,000 on a new a new piece of kit. And the room is cooler than ever. It's not a problem. That's 15 years ago. All of those facilities in buildings around Dublin and every city where businesses are operating, all of those were inefficient. And they've gone in now into purpose-built data centers, which can, you've obviously got an economy of scale. So when you look at a data center and, and even how they've evolved in the past 10 years, there's a metric called, and it gets into the weeds now when we start talking about a thing called PUE, which is really a measure of the amount of wasted energy in a data center compared to the energy that goes into the servers and computers. And there was more energy being wasted. So the PUE was over 2.0. It was 2.8, I think, the first time I started looking at it. PUEs now are down to like 1.2, 1.3. So all the power going into it, into, the IT, you just need about 10, 20, 30% more to provide the power and cooling for that. And those efficiencies have come from things like, in Ireland, free cooling. So you instead of having big chillers, you're just blowing air. In You're basically opening the window, letting it warmer. Even on a day like today, you wouldn't need that, that much cooling. Plus, if I can add that, the running cost of a data center, about half of the cost is energy. So The idea that somebody would run a data center inefficiently is crazy. You can imagine every quarter, every month, they're being asked, how did we save energy? And I could talk all day about the various technologies that are used and the improvements. But just to say that they have improved drastically and continue to improve. And it continues to surprise me how much compute you can squeeze out of a server that you couldn't get before. So I think that's inherent now in the the data industry.
1: Which is great news. Damien, do you want to? uh, I know that Echelon have been working with a company called SubMare and liquid cooling, but do you want to talk about alternative technologies?
0: I'll talk a little bit about it. Again, everything David said, I I concur with wholeheartedly. Year on year, data centers become more efficient. Again, I would say in in Ireland, geographically, it's very good in terms of our direct air cooling. Um, It's well used. I mean, if you go into other countries, if you go to the Middle East, it's a lot more difficult. You've got to spend a lot more money on on, uh, cooling than you would here. Um, and we're actually seeing PUEs getting down towards 1.1, which is, is incredibly efficient. Um, and, and there's a constant push to improve that liquid cooling allows you to take fans out of your servers, um, and actually put servers directly into a, uh, essentially an engineered um, liquid uh, like a mineral oil and they work very efficiently, uh, takes away dust, um, takes away the need for fans. So you start to reduce again the requirement uh, for power in the actual servers. Also there are other ancillary things I suppose that we can do, the likes of um, district heating systems. So taking taking the excess heat from a data center and, and using it to yeah you could use it for heating water or or direct heating of of housing or eventually i suppose if it's done in in a smart way looking at maybe um you know helping with with uh, various other systems from from other industries i I talked down in arclo about possibly using it to help provide power to another industry that, that works in plastics or agriculture. And again, we're looking at as well in, in, in terms of being more energy efficient, using large battery banks to use the energy that other, otherwise wouldn't be used. Uh, so when you have lots of renewables, if the wind is blowing at night, but people aren't using the energy, do you export it? Do you waste it? you don't want to waste it so you could use it to create hydrogen through hydrolysis you can use it for filling up these battery banks that can be used to either help the grid or can be used for for uh, powering something else afterwards whether it be the data center or ups Uh, there are lots of alternative uses there i mean i've even seen recently um people looking at a new way of using excess energy to create liquid air to do your cooling that, yeah, again, it's early days on that, but looks reasonably efficient as well. So there are lots of very, very smart people looking at at ways to make these even better, more efficient and to try and, and, and socialize the benefits. So it's not, you know, being done just for the benefit of the data centers, things that can help in the community or help in, in the areas that the data centre is situated or works?
2: Okay so when it comes to energy efficiency then data centres again because it makes good business sense they are as a sector uh, as much responsible for the solutions as uh, anything else that's happening you know if they're more efficient it saves them money and that's good business so they will always be incentivized to be efficient and to seek efficiencies and to find efficiencies and to use the heat, the energy, etc., wisely. Okay, so moving on to the next one, about data centre locations. Now, you obviously have uh, a lot of data centres in Dublin. There are other areas in Ireland where you're beginning to see uh, data centres spring up, and there seems to be this perception that data centres could be located anywhere in Ireland where there's a few wind turbines. David, is this the case?
3: No, I don't think so. <laughs> is that a short enough answer <laughs> I I will elaborate we talked earlier about a lot of the data is for export it's data that is being managed by the hyperscale so if you look at amazon you know your dropbox or your netflix might be located in amazon so when we talk about amazon google microsoft and facebook those four companies really encompass everything you do on the internet they have their own standards around how they connect their data centers. They have things called availability zones where they will build, you know, typically three locations geographically relatively close to each other, and then those are connected together to provide backup, to provide. So if you if you lease a software as a service from Microsoft or Amazon, they will ask you, do you want double resiliency? Or, you know, what do you want actually in terms of managing that data? All of that ecosystem requires short distances, latency between one data center and another. So when you use your phone to, to buy something, it may go to Amazon for one piece, but it may go to it may send a signal out to, to Google's data center to verify your identity and it may go somewhere else and back. So I read a stat somewhere that' it's like six different servers in different data centers may be involved in every interaction that you have. Uh, every transaction that you you carry out on your your phone, for instance, so the distances it's not just one connection; it's 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 a number of transactions across the internet in order to deliver the, the the user experience that you have. So that makes it difficult to stretch beyond in terms of distance. So so just deciding to put data centers where you have energy is a little bit difficult for the industry. Now there are some exceptions. But I would say in, in Dublin, we, we're all based around this kind of T50 network, um, which provides connectivity. And that connectivity is provided by smaller companies. Um, well, they're not small. If you look at Equinix, for instance, they provide connectivity to, to customers everywhere. And, and one of their selling points is that if you put your business connected through Equinix, you will be connected to Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and Facebook, and you will have a latency of whatever. So to suddenly stretch all those elastics out to somewhere else is not impossible, but you're also competing with other locations in Europe that maybe already have some of that infrastructure. So it's a little bit of a challenge.
2: Is the answer then perhaps dealing in uh, clusters of uh, data centers?
3: Yeah. And, and we've seen, you know, any anywhere you look, I've looked up, across Europe at the data industry, and, and it's all clusters. Apple would be an obvious exception to that rule where they would have data centers out in the back of beyond because they're kind of their own ecosystem. So moving
2: on then, this one has to be for Damien because you should be able to answer this one. And it's a data center companies, It's a, it's as if you have no loyalty. You're going to move on in a few years, so we shouldn't accommodate them now. Is that the case, Damien? Is uh, is Echelon planning to flee Ireland?
0: No. Um, that's, that's an easy one to say no to. There is that concept of data gravity uh, at a certain point. For example, if we take, um, let's say, electric cars which are coming, um, each car is going to give off huge huge amounts of data that will have to be stored locally for insurance purposes as much as anything else. Um, so once you have your data center infrastructure in place and um it, it is very clear that it will it will stay around. Again, just to go back to David's point on the last question, some of this ties into, you know, each of the large uh, hyperscalers or occupiers of data centers, depending on the type of product that they're running will have different requirements. So Facebook or, or some others mightn't be so latency sensitive. Uh, some others will so you'll find edge data centers coming back, but there will still be a requirement to take them all back into larger sites for processing. So I don't really see them disappearing, but it will the the, the landscape will change slightly.
1: One that I really want to get nailed, and it's a thorny issue, but the belief is that the Irish government should be legislating against data centre expansion. Now, clearly, we wouldn't agree with that, but maybe there's something that we think the Irish government should be doing to assist the data centre industry add value to the country. Damien, what do you think?
0: Okay, my personal view, and obviously (laughs) I'm involved in the industry, uh, is that... Uh, data centers are good and that they provide employment, they provide infrastructure, they provide the fundamental infrastructure for industry 4.0 or the digital transformation of of, of the world. So an awful lot of the, the good things that are coming uh, that allow us to work remotely, et cetera, et cetera, I think they're all positive. Are there issues with power? Yes, but are we working towards making that better? Yes, we are on this huge investment towards that. So I think working hand in hand, uh, governments should actually be encouraging the industries that we have in place already that provide a lot of jobs, provide a lot of infrastructure. Uh, we just need to find a way to work carefully. Uh, and there's no reason these things can't be really green, really good for the economy and also good from a sustainability point of view. David, what was you saying?
3: Yeah, the idea of legislating against something that has been so successful seems crazy to me. Uh, why would you want to, you know, the data industry didn't fall out of the sky in 2015. You know, Microsoft have been in Ireland for 20 years, as of Google. Um, Apple, although they haven't built a data center here yet, have been operating in Cork since the 80s. So it's been a long evolution of success. The challenges we have now are challenges of success, the idea of power renewables so no i don't i don't i certainly don't think they should be legislating against them in any way
1: I mean can you think of things that i mean i, I can think of one immediately which is um, the incredibly thorny issue of private wire and it's interesting because in the government's 2019 climate action plan private wire was relegated to one line in a sort of minor subsection of a of a sub of a subclause. And I, I don't know why that is, because private wire would seem to be
3: a sensible thing. It is a thorny issue with the grid operator, etc. They, they, you know, they, they have maintained control over the infrastructure, um, you know, primarily for safety reasons. Also, may, you may think that a, a, a bigger grid, because we're an island, we're kind of hypersensitive to the size of the grid. And a, a bigger grid is easier to 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 stabilize shall we say um so allowing people to go on a kind of an island uh, situation doesn't contribute anything to the grid necessarily so the question is if we have all these renewables can we have can the data center somehow sit between all this abundant renewable power which is a little bit variable offshore wind isn't as 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 variable as onshore wind so we, we're going to see an improvement in that situation but we do need something in the middle to to absorb and to 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 manage that, not to manage, but to to provide a buffer, and maybe data centers could be that solution. So I think the island, the idea of private war is very interesting, and a lot of people would would maybe like to do it because it would expedite their projects. But I do think longer term for Ireland Inc, particularly with all this offshore wind that we're going to have, that we need a way to to have a bigger grid to absorb it. Otherwise you're into just exporting all that wind and you're not going to get great money. You know, you're not going to get a great return on investment. You're going to have to build long interconnectors and you're going to be selling power to France who already have cheap power. So you're not going to get very much to it. So I I often said, take the electrons, green electrons, and convert them into photons, which go out through the fiber optic cables. And we're we're adding value. And a photon's worth... 50 to 100 times what an electron's worth. That's kind of the way I've been thinking of it.
1: Once again, a compelling argument for data centers because as you rightly say, Ireland's going to have a surplus of wind power within the next decade, within the next couple of decades. And yeah, it's more than we can use. So that's us to something that is of value uh, to to Ireland Inc. David, Damien, thank you very much indeed for your insights. I think we've shown that Yep, there are a number of misconceptions out there, but they are exactly that, misconceptions. Thank you.
0: Power and responsibility. The Data Centre podcast is brought to you by Echelon Data Centres, a company delivering large-scale data centre assets that are more cleanly and sustainably powered now, moving towards 100% renewable green energy in the future. Echelon currently has six facilities under development in Ireland and the UK, with a potential combined capacity of around 500 megawatts.